Hey, hey, hey. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for joining me once again for the Artistic Accomplices podcast. I'm Eric Scott, and I am the host, and I'm so glad that you could join me today. Um, Today's kind of an odd day. Um, I've been... I think it's I think it's the COVID. I think it's the pandemic. Um, I've been really trying to get better at staying on top of the podcast, and unfortunately, it's like time just slips away and uh, things slip my mind. And you know, he, here I am. I was hoping to have an, this episode last week, but you know, here we are, uh, kind of a week late, and um, it's just yeah. I just really feel like. Like I, I can't keep things straight. So I don't know about you and, and how you've been sort of processing and dealing with the pandemic and all this stuff. I don't know if you've kind of lost track of time and, and lost track of, of things. And, um, I definitely, definitely have. And so I haven't been able to kind of get into that groove of, of doing the podcast. And, and I like to do it every couple of weeks just because I can't do it every week. There's just so much involved with, you know, coming up with the ideas and thinking about it and thinking it through, figuring out what I'm going to say. And so today is, today is kind of a little bit more spontaneous. I didn't go through as much, um, as much preparation as I I typically do. And I just kind of, I'm like, "Ah, I want to just get something out there. And I just really feel like, it's a lot of brain fog. And uh, like I said, I don't know if that's something that you all have been dealing with, dealing with in this pandemic, but I, I definitely know that, that I have. And I think it's in part because of the, of the pandemic and being home and not really having a change of scenery. So I think it's just all that's getting to me. You know, it's like, I'm, I'm home almost every day and, you know, I only leave once or twice a week to, to go do this part-time management gig that I have uh, at a local art center, maybe to go shopping. But, you know, it's like I don't hang out with my friends. I don't, you know, it's like, you know, I'm still, I'm still locked down. You know, I'm not an essential worker, so I haven't been vaccinated yet. And it's like, you know, here we are a year later. So I can't believe that we're still dealing with all of this a year later. And I think it's just really taken a toll on me and definitely on my mind. Um, I'm trying to figure out ways to kind of deal with the brain fog. And, and part of that I think is, uh, exercise and getting, getting more out into nature. Um, I've spent a lot of time doing exercise, like walking around town, uh, the little town that I live in, but it's like, you know, you're in town. And so trying to get out, um, there's some nice trails at a local park and then, I live very close to the Appalachian Trail, and and I'm I'm really trying to like get out into nature because I think nature has this kind of restorative power. But um, yeah, so I just I've been really really kind of hit or miss with the the podcast lately, and just trying to keep it all up. And the other part of it, I, like I said, I think it's partly COVID and and lockdown and quarantine and stuff. But I also I also think that for me personally, I tend to like get all these great ideas about all these projects that I want to do and all these things I want to want to do and accomplish. And then what I find is I spread myself too thin and then it's like, Oh, okay. Uh, this other thing is suffering because of it. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, I'm trying to, trying to find that balance of, uh, and I think with, with the pandemic, it's like, I've had to 
sort of develop these prod projects, you know, whether it's teaching online classes or the podcast or, you know, all these other things that, that I'm doing and trying to do and trying to sustain an artistic practice. And it's just, it, there's a lot to do and a lot to juggle, uh, even though, you know, we still are dealing with the pandemic. Um, so I was even, you know, I was kind of at a loss even for a topic for the podcast today. And, and so I was just like, okay, I don't even know what I want to talk about. Um, that's the other thing is like, you know, am I running out of ideas or am I just so distracted with other, other things? Am I just dealing with that brain fog, that COVID brain? Um, I haven't had COVID, so, but it's still, I just think, spending so much time in one place and, and not having a variety of experiences after a while, you're just, I just kind of feel muddled, but, um, yeah. So I think with, with those, with dealing with all that, I just feel like, Hey, I'm, I, uh, I just don't even know what I wanted to talk about for the podcast. And then I've been working on a project. I have, a workshop coming up. It's actually a free workshop. So if you're listening and you want to sign up for it, there's still time. It's going to actually, it's going to start this Friday, uh, March 26th. So you've got a couple days if you wanted to sign up for it. Um, and it's different than something I've done before. It's not specifically materials and techniques. It's more about the artistic process, the, the creative practice. Um, and I was really inspired by, the artist Nicholas Wilton, who's out in California. And he does this kind of free workshop as like an introduction to a bigger uh, workshop that he he does. And I'd love to take the bigger workshop, but I just don't have the, the money or the capacity to do that right now. But his approach is this one of, you know, I'm not going to teach you technique and, you know, really about the materials, but I'm going to teach you about making your art better. And so that got me thinking a lot about sort of where I want to focus my energy. And I'm really seeing how how I want to help creatives. I really want to help people step up their game, push themselves out of their comfort zones, push the, push their art and their creating in new directions. And so I just, I thought, well, you know, I should just talk about some of these things I'm going to talk about in this workshop, kind of to test it out and to to kind of, um, you know, really kind of think out loud and, and figure out what I want to mention in the, um, in the, the workshop. But then I was like looking over at what I had planned on talking about. And I realized like, oh yeah, I, I kind of touched on that in the last episode. So it's like, even that brain fog is like, I can't even remember what I did for the uh, podcast a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago. And it's just like trying to keep track of it all. But what I realized is that in my last episode, I was talking about intuition and how a lot of the things that I've been doing here lately have really led me to think about how we creatives have to learn to sort of like trust our, our intuition. And we have to... Um, you know, we have to learn to like make those choices quickly and, and not so deliberately. And it's, and I, I equated it to that stream of consciousness writing. 
And so I want to talk about uh, three things that I mentioned on the podcast on the last episode, but I want to go into them deeper and I want to elaborate on them and uh, really kind of <clears throat> give you a preview of what this workshop's going to be. Um, but of course, you know, it's not just going to be me talking, it's going to be me demonstrating and, and working on art as well. But um, this all came about in this workshop that, I, that I'm doing all came about because of those classical elements, believe it or not. Uh, I was I was thinking about those notions, um, those elements, earth, air, uh, water, and fire. And I was thinking about how could I structure a workshop around that? And I really realized like, oh, well, you know, these things that I have been talking about on the podcast over the last four or five episodes, that could be kind of the the foundation to build this workshop. So that's kind of what it is. So <clears throat> I'm kind of like going back and rethinking and, and rehashing some of those ideas. And the ideas that I want to talk about today, these are very practical things that you can use, uh, principles, strategies. Uh, they're not, they're not tips. They're not tricks. There's, they're not, they're, uh, yeah, I, I, think of them as principles or as like strategy, like really tactical things that you can do to help step your creativity up, to to push it a little bit further. And so I've kind of clarified a few things since I recorded that last episode. And um, I, I've, I want to talk about three very simple yet very powerful strategies tactics that you can use. Um, perhaps you're brand new at a creative endeavor. Perhaps you are just sort of like getting back into something after taking a break from it for a while. Or maybe maybe you've, you're pretty advanced with whatever it is that you create, but you feel like you have gotten stagnant. That you just, you need a, a, a you need help and you need a push to kind of get yourself going, to maybe get yourself moving, um, to kind of figure out some some kind of direction. So these three little, these three strategies that I want to share are all about grounding yourself and your work. So I, I mentioned this, and I did a whole, actually I did two whole episodes on grounding yourself. And that ties into that earth element, you know, really having a good, strong foundation. So whether you're a beginner or, you know, you're super advanced looking to kind of go in a new direction, you have to have that really stable foundation. And so what that really means is that you have to, you have to create a lot of work. I mean, you have to like just slog through and create, 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 create. And that can be very, very difficult. And so these strategies that I've developed that I use in my own art that I'm that I'm going to be teaching others to use in their art and their creativity, they are structured to to kind of help you create that foundation and not get bogged down. Because I that I think that's it. It's like we get bogged down. <clears throat> and this comes from, you know, years of my, of teaching for me. So, I mean, I've been teaching for 25 years now, uh, everything from, you know, little kids all the way up to adults. And 
And the one thing that I feel like, you know, never really gets taught too much is how do you, how do you kind of come up with your thing, with your art? And that's something that like, I feel over time I've done that, but it's because I've put in the time I've created hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pieces of art. And I look back and I'm like, is there a quicker, easier way? Are there things that I wish I would have known 25 years ago, whenever I was really kind of first trying to get and trying to figure out who I was artistically and creatively. And so these ideas of just, you know, they're, they're 25 years of experience. 20, it's a 25 years culmination of things that are kind of coming together. And so getting yourself grounded, um, you know, if you're a beginner, that's key. You have to figure some things out. You have to create this foundation. And I talked a lot about different things that you could do to get yourself grounded, but I want to talk specifically about that, that, uh, creative act and how you can build that foundation but not get bogged down in that. And there are three very simple notions, three simple strategies, three simple tactics, but they are very powerful. And if you do these things, I'm not going to say I guarantee, but I'm pretty sure that you could move your your artistic practice, your creative practice forward, no matter what you do. And each of these things have kind of just come to me and they're things that I've maybe naturally done, but have just sort of like finally figured out like, oh, that's what it is. And there've been a lot of things here lately, um, listening to other artists, um, watching videos on online and that have just sort of helped reinforce these. So, these three tactics, very, very simple notions, easy to remember, but very powerful. So the first tactic is work small, work small. The second one is work fast. And the third one is work outside of your comfort zone. Okay. So work small, work fast, work outside of your comfort zone. There you go. Now go do it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I do want to elaborate on each of these and kind of maybe um, talk about why these things are simple yet powerful and then maybe ways that you can can really um, think about how this applies to what you do because I've figured out how these things apply to to me and how, you know, to my my visual art. If you aren't a visual artist, then you might have to be creative in how you think about these. So let's start off with the first one, work small. Um, working small has a lot of advantages, okay? Um, but working small just doesn't, doesn't mean just like the, the size. I mean, that's part of it. So working with a small piece of paper or a small hunk of clay, uh, if you're a writer, it might mean not trying to write an entire novel. It might be, let me just sit down and write a paragraph. Um, if you are a, you know, if you're working with, with food, it might be like, oh, let me 
try instead of trying to create a meal for four people let me just try something small um a small meal for a single person you know a single serving kind of thing so it's it's physically working small but then it's also working small materially so thinking about the materials that you're using and working small with those limiting what you use um you know so instead of being in your studio and using every single material you have it might be like i'm going to focus on these three or it might be just like oh you know what i really want to get into painting let me let me dive into the the paint and so you limit yourself just to paint or maybe you really want to get good at bread and so you're like okay i'm just going to limit myself and maybe it's you know even more limited like i'm going to I'm going to do quick breads or I'm going to do sweet breads or I'm going to do, um, uh, yeasted breads, whatever, you know? So you, you limit, you limit kind of the scope of, of what you're going to use. Okay. So working small does several things. First of all, it's quick. So it, it ties into the second strategy of working fast. So when you're working small, it allows you to work fast to work quickly. So it doesn't take too long. So if I have a four inch by four inch piece of paper, it's not going to take long to get something down on that paper. If I have a four foot by four foot piece of paper or canvas or board that I'm painting on, that's going to just physically take more time. Even if I'm I'm working as quickly as I can, it's just going to take more time and even more effort to get something physically on that big four by four paper or a board on a four inch by four inch, it's going to take me mere seconds and it's not going to, it's not going to drain me of energy to, to get something down. So it's quick. It's, it's fast. It's going to allow you to make something and get it finished quickly. And because of that, then you can make many of them. So that's the second thing, that it allows you to make a lot, okay? So really getting into making a lot. So if I'm going to paint, I'm not just going to do one four-inch by four-inch paper. I'm going to do 10 of them, and I'm going to do it maybe maybe over 10 days, one each day, or maybe I do two a day, or maybe I do three a day, or maybe I have an entire day and I sit down and make 10 of them in a day. And so working small allows you to to work quickly, and to make a lot. And so you start to build up experience. You know, so that for art making, you know, it's like you want to get as much experience, you want to make as much art as you you possibly can, and this is a way to do it. Work really small. Another advantage, another, another thing that's kind of a side note to this is that when you work small, you don't need a lot of space, you know? So, uh, during the pandemic, I've had to move my my studio space from a one-car garage into a small portion of the bedroom. And so, you know, I went from, you know, 20 by 20 foot studio space with lots of tables and lots of counter space and lots of materials into sort of a, I don't know, 10 by 10 uh, space, um, maybe even smaller than that. But it's just physically smaller. So it allows me to work uh, 
it it's just easier to work then because I doesn't take up as much space and I can do it at a table and I don't need an easel and I don't need a big huge room. So working small also just allows you to to get to work. So it's quick and it's easy um, and allows you to make a lot. Okay. So that's kind of like the, 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 the first advantage or the first reason why you want to work small, or maybe it's several reasons. I don't know. Um, another reason to work small or another thing that working small does, it allows you to see the whole picture. So when I work small and I have a four inch by four inch paper, it's small. I can see the entire surface. I can see the entire space without stepping back. If you're working on a mural that's 20 feet by 40 feet, you have to step back. You can't take it all in. When you're there working on it, you, you only see that little space that's in front of you. You don't see the entire picture. But when you're working small, it's easy to see the entire space and consider how the piece, so this is visual arts kind of uh, reference and perspective is you can sit there and see, you know, all four edges. Uh, if it's a paper, if it's a small hunk of clay, you know, you can spin it around real quickly and see how it looks from all four sides. You don't have to step back and walk around and, and maul it over. And, and it's just, it's a lot easier to really see that whole picture to see how the entire space is developing. If you're thinking about it in other terms, whether, you know, it gets food or writing or songwriting that, you know, writing a small snippet allows you to sort of have this like self-contained little universe. So if you're writing a paragraph instead of a whole story or a whole, um, novel, you know, it's like, it's easier to see the whole picture of a paragraph than it is to have the whole picture of a of a story, of a novel, of a book. So it's easier to kind of see the parameters and kind of to know where the edges of the story are or the edges of a song are, you know? So thinking about like, oh, there's this melody. Let me, let me play around with the melody. That's a small part of a song. So it's, it's, it's just easier to see the whole picture. And then sort of the last idea um, the last reason to work small or the last thing that working small does is that it takes away a lot of that preciousness and a lot of that attachment. So in previous episodes, I've talked about attachment and how we are attached to, to things. So it might be we're attached to a blank paper or we're attached to certain sounds or we're attached to certain in ingredients. And one of the things I know, especially with with visual arts, because we're using physical materials, is that, you know, if I've got a big canvas in front of me, that costs money. And so I can become attached to what I place on that canvas as it's like monetary value. And I don't want to mess it up because if I mess it up, then I've wasted my money. I've wasted the value. This, this canvas is precious because it's big and it's expensive. You know, if I'm, if I'm investing in a ton of clay to create a large sculpture, that's a big investment of, of money, of time, of materials, of space, and it's going to become more precious. I'm going to be, 
I'm going to be like just so much more deliberate and I'm going to maybe make decisions that aren't going to help push me forward because I'm attached to the materials. I'm attached to the time. I'm attached to the, the monetary value that I've put into it. Maybe I'm attached to like, oh, I have to make this thing good because I've invested all this time, money, space into making this thing. So working small helps us, helps ease that attachment. It helps take the preciousness away. And part of it is that we might not see it as like a real, a real piece of art or a real song or really a, a real meal. You know, it's, it's more like, oh, this is just something small. If I mess it up, it's okay if, if it gets painted over or, you know, I have to throw it in the trash. Um, because we haven't invested a lot of material into it and we probably haven't invested a lot of time because again, working small helps us work quickly. So we're not investing a lot of time. It's small. So we're not investing a lot of space. And if it doesn't turn out all that great, that's okay. You know, so we don't put as much pressure on ourselves to make this little, make a masterpiece. But if we have a big canvas, a big hunk of clay, if we're making a meal for 50 people, that is, that's a lot of pressure you know, and, and we're probably not going to experiment and, pl and play that is, and that experiment and play is what's going to really open us up to new ideas. Okay. And so that idea of really working quickly helps us work. Uh, I mean, working small helps us work quickly so that we can get a lot done. So we're building that foundation of, of our skill, of our technique, we're learning about the materials. So we're building that foundation and we're, we're just making a lot. We're creating a lot. So instead of sitting down and trying to write an entire novel, what if I sit down and just start writing a series of paragraphs? Like, let me make this paragraph the best. And maybe this paragraph is about setting. Maybe this paragraph is about a character. Maybe this, this paragraph is about a conflict. <clears throat> and then maybe all that kind of ties together later or maybe that just gives us experience that then we can take into making something that's bigger. So that's the first one, work small. So if you're working small, you're probably going to be much more open to experimenting, to playing, to just trying things out. And if things don't turn out as well or don't turn out the way you'd like, then you probably don't feel like it's that big of a deal. Okay. And so the second one ties into this. Of course, they all three, all three of these strategies kind of come together, but working fast. So work fast, work quickly. Um, so when you work fast, and I talked a little bit about this in the last episode, but when you work fast, it forces you to make decisions quickly. You know, you don't sit there and debate a choice. You're, you don't sit there and try to deliberate about what you're doing. You're not mulling it over for hours and hours and hours because, hey, I set a timer for 10 minutes. And so I need to make quick decisions. And that's, that's, a, that's a way to tap into that, that in, uh, intuition and help us make those, um, those intuitive, those intuitive uh, choices. So working quickly, working 
um, fast so that we can so that we can uh, make those decisions quickly. Okay. And that's going to lead us to unexpected results. I, 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 this is what I was kind of equating to that stream of consciousness writing is that this is kind of when we work fast, when we work quickly, we're kind of entering that flow. We're entering that stream of consciousness way of thinking. And so then our artwork, our creativity then just flows from us because we have to make those quick decisions. So how do we do that? I mean, it's, it's, it's easy to kind of talk about, but then when you sit down to do it, it's very easy to kind of get caught up in all the little minutia and all the little details. Um, so I already said, you know, working small, that's, that automatically leads to working quickly for the most part. I mean, there are some of us that work small, but we get so caught up in all the little details. Um, and you know, it takes us forever to, to, to draw or paint or create something that's, you know, a little square inch and we just get so caught up. <clears throat> but probably the easiest way to think about working fast is to set a timer. So setting a timer and limiting how long you work on that thing. So if I'm working small, I've got this four by four inch piece of paper, or I've got a little handful of clay, or I'm, I'm, writing a paragraph. So you set a timer. Okay. I'm going to write this paragraph for five minutes. Okay. And then I'm just going to write, or I'm just going to create, or I'm just going to sculpt out of clay. And it might be a little bit different with something like, like food, you know, where, Hey, this is going to take an hour for the bread to rise. Um, but if you're like trying to create different recipes, thinking about like, oh, well, what if I just gave myself five minutes to create a recipe with whatever I have on hand? Making those quick decisions like, oh, maybe this and that will taste good together. Now, how long you set the timer, that's really going to depend on what you're doing. So you know, I always think like five to 10 minutes I mean, five minutes is actually great. I mean, if, if you can create a work of art, if you could write a uh, write a poem, uh, if you could mix up ingredients in like five minutes, you know, you're you have to make quick, quick decisions, and you have to stick to that. Because what happens is, especially whenever we're on our own, is that we set the timer and the timer goes off, and then we're like, oh well, I still have a little bit. I'll just work a little bit longer. And the next thing you know, it's like an hour later, and we're st still working on the same thing. I've seen this a lot in classes that I've that I've taught in the past, where you say, okay, you've got five minutes, and you're like, okay, you know, two and a half minutes in, you're like, okay, you're you should be halfway done, and you see like one person that has like barely started because they've erased it 600 times. <clears throat> and then it's like, okay, the five minutes is up and they don't really have much of anything. So you do have to like, okay, I am going to finish this. So it's like setting a timer. Then you have to say, okay, I'm going to do a completed paragraph. I'm going to write an entire song in five minutes, you know? So it's that, that kind of thing. Like you have to actually do it. Then you set the timer and you actually stick to the time and you do a completed thing. Um, now, because of that quickness, it's not going to be perfect. It's not going to be the best thing you've ever made. 
And that's not the point. So again, if we get attached to what we're making, like this thing has to be a masterpiece, then we're totally going to miss the point of this. So a timer is your friend. Set a timer and work quickly. But as you're working, how do you make those quick decisions? And you really have to go with your first thought. You have to trust your gut. You have to just make a decision and you can't deliberate about it. So if I'm thinking like, oh, what color do I want to use? If I'm looking through my pouch of pencils and I'm like, hey, there's red. I haven't used this red in a while. Okay, I'm going to do that. And of course, you know, that thought just takes a split second. Oh, I haven't used that. Let me use that. Oh, that one. Oh, okay. I'll just take that one. So going with your first thought, trusting your gut and just making that snap decision. I mean, that's, that's just what you have to do. And and that might be hard the first few times you do it. And just like anything, it's going to take time. It's going to take practice. And after a while, it's going to become more second nature. And I think the th- a third way to, to work quickly, to work fast, and I've kind of hit this already, is that idea of limiting what you use. So if we're working small, that's going to help us work quickly. If uh, I limit the, the amount of materials, that's going to help me because then I'm, I don't have 50 things to choose from. So if I, if I just have a couple brushes and maybe four or five colors, then I can sit down. I can just be like, okay, this is what I have. This is what I'm working with. I don't have to sit there and flip through a stack of magazines looking for the the perfect picture. So you might have to like make, make some preparations. So you might have to spend some time gathering your stuff, getting your stuff together. So if your idea is that you're going to do some magazine collages, you don't take time to sit down and go through the magazines as part of the five or 10 minutes that you've set for yourself. You gather those materials beforehand. You sit down for half an hour before you even begin and you, you go through and you look through the magazines and you pull out the ones that you want to use or you think you're going to use, but you don't pull out everything. You pull out a few, some things that are really speaking to you. So Fewer choices means that you can make easier and quicker decisions, quicker choices. If you've got a hundred different things sitting in front of you, you're going to more than likely sit there pondering like, oh, well, which one's the perfect one? Oh, do I, do I use the yellow green or do I use the bluish green or do I use this one that's a little bit more olive green, you know, because you have 10 greens in front of you, but if you only have one green or two greens, it's easier to, to make that, that selection. So limiting what you use is an easy way to help yourself work quickly, to get moving, to get making. Okay. So that's the second kind of strategy is work fast. So we've, we're working small and we're working fast. And the final one is maybe the hardest, but um, it's working outside of your comfort zone. If you want to spark new ideas, if you want to spark new directions, you've got to step outside of your comfort zone. And this is easy if you're just starting out. If you are a beginner, everything you're doing is outside of your comfort zone. And actually, you might find that there's just so much out there to choose from that 
there's just maybe it's feeling like oh there's just so much i'm kind of overwhelmed and that's why going back to what i was talking about like working small working quickly limiting what you're using can help you so beginners i mean you're already kind of outside of your comfort zone it's those of us that have a bit more experience with whatever it is that we're pursuing so i know for myself that it's so easy for me to fall into my comfort zone and i've had to very to i've had to work very specifically to push myself out of that comfort zone and it's been difficult at times i find that i come back to certain shapes and certain colors over and over again because you know they're they're easy to work with it's i can you know there's techniques and materials that i come back to because again they're easy to work with i know how to use them and I just come back and it's like, I look at my work and I feel like this is very stagnant, very, very stale, just very tired, very worn. And so if I want to push myself out of my comfort zone, I'm going to, I'm going to like, that, that can be a struggle. Okay. So how do you push yourself out of, out of that comfort zone? Well, I think it's just that, that open-mindedness, you know, I've talked about this before about having that open mindset and allowing yourself to do things that, that you're not comfortable with or to try things without judgment. So I think as you're trying to push yourself out of your comfort zone, you're deliberately making choices that you know are going to push you out. So you're deliberately saying, okay, I'm going to use this material because I haven't worked with it that much, or I'm going to use these images because I haven't worked with them very much, or I'm going to try to write this kind of song because I don't typically write songs like that. And so you're making a very deliberate choice. So I know I've been talking about working small and working fast about like, oh, well, you know, you're not trying to be very deliberate. You're trying to make those quick decisions. But when you're working out, trying to work outside of your comfort zone, sometimes you do have to be like deliberate. And it doesn't mean that you're sitting there weighing it and mulling it over and trying to decide what's, what's the best way of doing it. What's the best way to push yourself out of your comfort zone. You're making a very deliberate, but very quick, quick decision. So again, going back to working fast where you're trying to go with that first thought, that's a, that's an easy way, especially when you're like, you know, if your first thought is like, oh, I, I want to use this red because I haven't used it in a while, that's very deliberate. Like, okay, I haven't used this red. That's a very deliberate reason for using it. That helps push me out of my comfort zone. Now, if it's like, oh, well, I'm going to use this, this ingredient because I use it all the time, then you have to stop yourself and go, oh, no, wait a minute. My first thought was to use this ingredient because that's what I always use. But what if I use this other one? It's similar, but it's different. What, what would that taste like? Or, oh, I usually use squares and rectangles. What if I used more organic type shapes? So it's a very deliberate, but I'm not deliberating, if that makes sense. So I kind of feel like, okay, deliberate and uh, deliberating can be kind of different, different things. You can still be quick and be deliberate about it, but you're not sitting there mulling it over, trying to figure out what the best thing is, not trying to... Um, deliberate about it. Okay. 
So trying to be very deliberate about your choices, like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to specifically use this thing because I know that's something I'm not comfortable with. So I think that's, that's one way. Um, but that, that openness just, it comes back to that being open and just, I'm going to play, I'm going to try something and I don't know how it's going to, to end. So I think that's the other part is like, okay, you make a deliberate choice about using, using a certain material or using a certain color or using a certain image and you, you then, um, stay open. You stay open to where it can go. You, you go kind of with that flow. You, you see where it can go and you're not expecting it to, to be a masterpiece. You're not expecting it to be any good. It might, might turn out great. It might turn out to be something that, that you couldn't have predicted. Okay. So kind of being open to the unpredictable, maybe that's a good way of saying it. So trying to be open to, to where you're going. So being deliberate with choices to, to nudge yourself out of your comfort zone, being open to the unpredictable and allowing yourself that space and that freedom to see where it's going. And of course you have to, as you're doing that, you have to sort of suspend your judgment. You have to, you have to be like, okay, I'm not expecting this to be a masterpiece. This is just to play. But when you're done, there might be a kernel of an idea. There might be something there that you're like, ah, that's, that's the gold. That's the, the nugget that I want, that I want, that I want to get after. So I think that is where, you know, so as you're like working and you're working small and you're working fast and you're working outside of your comfort zone and you just allow things to happen and some things that you do are going to be really awesome and some of the stuff you're going to look at and be like, oh my goodness, what, what is that? But you're trying not to judge it. However, you want to be... be um, you want to reflect on it. You want to look at what you've been doing and seeing what's working. What are ideas that, that you feel like, yeah, you know, there's, there's something to that one. I like that piece for whatever reason, or, or I like the taste of that, that bread, or I like that soup, or I like that melody. There's something there. And so that grounding is all about gaining experience, doing a lot of work, laying a foundation so that then you can kind of build on top of that foundation. You know, kind of like, okay, here's the strengths. Here's the strong things that have come out of what I've been been doing. I can sort of forget about the stuff that didn't work. But these are the things, these are the little bits and pieces that I feel like have power or have strength or have something to them that's worth exploring. And so you step back after you do this work. So if you're working small and you're working fast, this is something that you can do in a short amount of time, right? It's not going to take you 
months and months and months. So you're not sitting down trying to create a whole symphony. You're not sitting down trying to write an entire novel, but you're writing a whole bunch of different paragraphs or you're writing different melodies and you're like, hey, I like this one or I like that one or I like the words from from this little song that I wrote. And you start to find these little things and sometimes they get connected and put together or sometimes it's just their their individual ideas to explore and so what you've done is you've created this this pool of notions of ideas of inspiration of things that you can pick from and it's all from things that you've created And so those three simple things, working small, working fast, and working outside of your comfort zone, and really forcing yourself to do that, that's a great way to to make a lot of art and get a lot of ideas. Um, I'm trying to think. My mind's gone blank. Like I said, I haven't really prepared much for this this episode, Um, but the idea... um, uh, it's a scientist. I don't know if it was uh, Linus Pauling who said the best way to have a good idea is to have lots of ideas. And so that's what it is. You're, this is. This is your way. This is a creative's way of having a lot of ideas. You know, and I, I've, always, I've mentioned this so many times here on the podcast, but in classes I've taught and presentations that I've, that, that I've shared that there's this myth that creatives have an idea and then they bring that idea to fruition. I think oftentimes it's, I have an idea or an inkling of an idea, but I don't know exactly what it is. Let me start playing around with it. Let me start working. So it goes back to those quotes that I, that I bring up all the time. The Chuck Close quote, you know, inspiration is for amateurs. The rest of us just show up and get to work. Or that Picasso quote that I discovered for the last, uh, the the last episode about um, about uh, about uh, um, you know I, I don't know what I'm drawing until I actually start drawing. Oh, here it is. Uh, to um, to know what you're going to draw, you have to to begin drawing. So to know what you're going to make, what you're going to create, you actually have to start making it. You have to start creating it and working small. Working fast and working out of your comfort zone is a great way to get yourself working, to start where you are and find some little nuggets, little pearls in your work that you can then take forward. So, yeah, I mean, that's kind of kind of what I've been thinking about a lot lately and like I said, this is sort of the basis, the beginning of this uh, free workshop that I'm presenting. So if you want to check that out, you know, uh, go to my website and you can find out all about that. It's for it's it's mainly for visual artists, but um, there might be something for other creatives as well. But um, yeah, I would love to have you join me. But if not, I'm going to be sharing some more ideas from that workshop here. I think there's a there's a lot um, that I could focus on, but I just, I got really excited about these three little things. I mean, they're just, they seem so simple and, but they can be so powerful 
in helping you discover your ideas, your, your way of working, and they can give you that grounding and give you that foundation. So work small, work fast and work outside of your comfort zone. So I, I hope you got something out of, out of this and, and, you know, I'd love to see what you're doing. So if you're on social media, you know, tag me, if, if you use any of these ideas, uh, I'd love to see what you're doing. Or if you're, uh, if you're a teacher and, and you're sharing with your students, love to see what they're doing. So, um, anyway, yeah, I just kind of didn't, I felt like I didn't have anything to talk about today and ended up, you know, here we are almost an hour later. Um, so I really appreciate you being here with me. Really appreciate you. Um, yeah, just to appreciate you being here. So thank you so much. And uh, as always, happy creating. All right, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I thank you so much for listening. This has been Artistic Accomplices, and I'm your host, Eric Scott. Thank you so much, and until next time.